1: And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, I won't say as always because you weren't here yesterday, but you're here now and that's what matters. It's Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. Sean and I had a good time yesterday but I'm happy that the seat is filled with your behind today. So we're going <laughs> we're going to move. I'm so telling Sean you said that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew there was no way for me to make that sound good for both and there was, mm-hmm. it, was it just wasn't going to work. No, um, we, but no we, we had a
2: great time. Sean stepping in. Sean does a great <laughs> job, brings a different voice, a different uh you know dynamic and so we're you know we we're going like we said we're going to continue to try to
1: mix things up so absolutely i love it i we had a great time so but glad you're back uh because we are going to dive into some matchups today which is always a good time uh it is our stacking up series uh that we do every tuesday and we will be talking notre dame's offense versus wisconsin's defense and i think for me that is the matchup that i'm going to see uh that that's the big matchup but we got some other yeah. stuff to talk no, about. Well, today I mean, too, but Brian. this is the matchup that's going to determine the game, Vince.
2: In Thank my you. opinion, I mean, it, it. It's look. This is the sh- for all the talk about Wisconsin's run game and all those other kind of things. Their their defense is what has made them so good in recent years. You know, their their running game, in my opinion, has been a complement to their defense. The run game works because of how good they've been on defense. And right. you know, when you look at 2019, for example, when they had that 10 and four season. Yes, they ran the ball well. Jack Cohn did a great job that year. I think it was 16.9 points per game. You know, I, I mean, they, they were led by their defense last year. They go four and three, and they lose three straight games. And in two of those games, they gave up 17 points in one, 14 points in another. Right. right. You know, th- this is a team that has been fueled by its defense. You know, and look, their defense gave them every opportunity to beat Penn State in the opener. I mean, they, they flat-out dominated Penn State in that game. It's just – Penn State couldn't, you know, Wisconsin's offense couldn't do anything. So, you know, right. Wisconsin in two games has yet to give up 300 yards of total offense.
1: You know, and, that, and that's that's my thing is, it, you know, Wisconsin's defense. This is a team with two really good defenses. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like they almost cancel each other out a little bit as I'm looking big picture. So you got two really good defenses, and you've got two offenses where Notre Dame's is. They are not uh, consistent. Look, I, I will I will absolutely say that. Uh, but Wisconsin's is not high scoring at all. And I think that's my issue is that I see a Notre Dame offense where they're gonna back themselves into some big plays. I just feel like that their guys are gonna back themselves into some big plays. And I don't know that Wisconsin can do that. I don't know that they're they're not really big play oriented, so they're gonna have to, you know, grind it out, drive it on and it's going to be up to Notre Dame's defense to keep them, you know, at a place points wise where the offense you know Notre Dame's offense can score. So this is this is why this matchup is so big. Notre Dame's offense mm-hmm. versus Wisconsin's defense because can they score on this defense? That is where this game is cuz co- I, I don't think yeah. Wisconsin's offense is going to score a bunch of points on Notre Dame's defense. I just
2: unless it's turnovers and short fields. Right, right. I'm with you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying like that would be the only case that I would see. So this is the matchup. This is where Tommy Reese gets the chance to prove himself because you've got one of the you know, a really bright young offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese with questionable supporting cast around him against one of the best defensive coordinators in college football with a really strong supporting cast around him. That's the concern in this matchup. Now, sure, Vince, let's dive into – we're going to add a different wrinkle to this. (laughs) And very well-received forward, by the way. And it is going to be – we're going to kind of incorporate the recruiting comparison into this breakdown because, you know, a lot of people like to talk about recruiting rankings and all those type of things. And so that's what we're going to kind of kick off with today.
1: But before we do – Yes, nailed it. We do have Super Chat. Yes, we do. Patrick Quinlan. Patrick, thank you very much for the super chat, man. Really appreciate it. He says wanted to come see you guys at the tailgate, but of course the car rental place ran out of vehicles despite my reservation. That is so typical. Yeah. Uh, wanted you to know that your mother is in my thoughts. Hope she is doing better. And there's appreciate a couple that, people very here. Much. Want an update, yeah. Brian? Yeah. Well, um, she was tomorrow.
2: allowed to go home on Saturday. Awesome. Which she was not supposed to originally go home until today. So she's still battling with uh, with the thing that ails her, but there's a lot more positive view. They're going to hopefully be able to kind of get run some more tests here in the next couple weeks, and then uh, surgery is likely at some point in time. So the uh, odds are pretty darn good that she will not be able to come to the USC tailgate either. We do still plan on having it. It just means the food won't be as good because even if we cater it from some outside source, I can tell you it won't be as good as what my mom going to make. <laughs> but uh no i've and, and look i just want you all to know so my parents watch this show a lot they uh they my dad goes on the message board and my mom follows me on twitter so uh, they have seen the outpouring of concern and and love that you all have shown her so uh, it has not gone unnoticed by her and it has meant a lot to her so i just wanted to thank you all very much for that thank you patrick not just for the super chat but more importantly for your concern and and, uh, and and anyone who's offering up prayers, it's a certainly
1: appreciated. Absolutely. All right, Brian. So uh, hard left turn here from that. Never take a hard left let's, turn. Let's talk about right. some uh, recruiting comparisons. Yeah, Notre Dame and Wisconsin because I think this is really interesting. Yeah, um, really, and I'll let you. So, kick so, this so off, yeah. But. So this is kind of what we're going to add to this as we as we incorporate
2: sort of the offense versus defense matchups, and then tomorrow the defense versus offense. I think it's really fun to kind of look at this. Now, I, I, as you all know, I don't think that recruiting rankings necessarily should tell you a whole lot. But I think one of the things we constantly hear from Notre Dame fans is, well, you know, they don't recruit well enough to beat so and so and so and so. Well, if recruiting is something that drives your view on how good you should be as a football team, this should not be a competitive matchup. Correct. I mean, Notre Dame has nine players in its starting lineup on offense that were four, four or five star recruits. One five-star, eight four-stars. And then, of course, Jack Cohn being a three-star. And then Kane Madden was not ranked. He was a walk-on at Marshall.
1: Or, and then you walk look on. At, I didn't realize that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then you look at what uh, what the reserves are, right? And you've got two top 100 players coming off the bench, two other freshman receivers who clearly aren't ready to play more than one snap a game at Notre Dame right now. But uh, we're borderline top 100 players. you got George Tackles as a four-star recruit at tight end. Kane Barong was a four-star recruit at tight end. He's not mentioned in here. And then you look at Wisconsin's lineup, and there's two four-star players. Both of them are linebackers. Nate Herbig was a high school teammate of Jordan Pizarro, and then Jack Sanborn. The rest of their lineup are three, and then there's one two-star player. And so when you look at it, you say, well, boy, from a recruiting ranking standpoint, these guys should not be very good. I think what I would say is this just tells you how good the Wisconsin defensive coaching staff is because a lot of these guys are not going to be like big-time NFL draft picks. They're not. right. There's They're not a lot up. of future. There's no J.J. Watt sleeper in this group, right? There's good football players, right? Leo Chanel's a good football player. Jack Sanborn, Noel Burks, Isaiah Mullins, and Scott Nelson. There's a lot of good football players on this list. None of them are guys that are, you know, like I said, there's no Isaiah Foskey over there. There's no Jason Adamuel There's no Kyle Hamilton over there. What this is is a really well-coached, tough, fundamentally sound group going against at Notre Dame what is a talented but the exact opposite, in my opinion, a not an incredibly well-coached offense from a technical standpoint. I think the schemes are outstanding, but from a technical standpoint, a group that has questionable development from a coaching standpoint at some positions. I don't have that question at running back but I do have that question in other positions. So that adds even more intrigue into this into this list Vince because if you're like I said if you're a recruiting rankings person
1: right this is not a contest that should be overly competitive. Well I mean so this is this is kind of like the the on paper version uh, of this right yeah. from a recruiting standpoint <laughs> and you're right it is night and day. I mean just looking at the numbers and then looking at the rankings of those numbers I mean, they're, they're they're all triple digits, some four-digit, yeah. you know, rankings for some of these guys,
2: yeah. And and no, Notre, Notre Dame has nine players on that list, Ben. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to get this in there to yeah. your point because it adds to your point. There are nine players on that list for Notre Dame, starters and backups, who are ranked higher than the highest-ranked guy at Wisconsin.
1: There you go, Nine. Right. That says it right there. And so that's to me. That's an indictment on the coaching staff. I, I, it's a well, it, development I think, standpoint.
2: I think it also speaks to, you know, to be completely honest with you, recruiting rankings don't always tell you the story. You know, well, that's uh, fair. With, with all due respect, you know, Fayon Hicks isn't a guy that was shouldn't have been ranked as the 1400 player coming out of high school, or they found a guy that maybe at the time should have been ranked there, but he had a ceiling that could allow him to be an even better player. I think it speaks to their ability to evaluate and find good football players. Right. And, and, and it goes to show that, you know, football players aren't always guys that rivals in 247 and ESPN think are great players. It, you know, that's why you have to trust coaches as well. So, you know, there there are guys that are just were good football players that Wisconsin was able to go to find that maybe don't have the size or the speed or this, that, and the other thing, and then they fit them into a system and they coach them up like crazy. But I do think, to your point, Vince, it's, it's, I don't think anyone should be arguing that Wisconsin's going to put a more talented team on the field on Saturday uh, in this particular matchup. It's more about Wisconsin's going to put a, a – will, will Wisconsin put a better coached, better prepared, and harder playing unit? That's like that. the question.
1: College football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Notre Dame tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all college football tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee you the best prices on all college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% Of the difference in the purchase price. Notre Dame travels to Chicago to face Wisconsin at Soldier Field this coming Saturday in a top 20 matchup. This should be one heck of a ball game and we're going to see who Notre Dame really is. If you're looking for tickets to that game, make sure you check out TickPick.com because they've got you covered. Just visit TickPick.com slash Irish today and use the promo code Irish to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. It's that last one that worries me, um, it, the harder playing, and it worries me in the trenches, and obviously we're going to get to that, but uh, of those three you know, uh, categories that you just named off, it's the final one that it worries me the most in this matchup. Mm-hmm. And which one's that? The the coaching part of it? No, the harder playing part. Harder which play, I guess yeah. kind of leads back to the coaching part. I mean, it's all kind of, you know, interwebbed, right? Intermingled, but it, it's the harder playing. I mean, I we saw Notre Dame's offensive line play harder last week, but if they play at that exact level, you know, this week coming up, they're gonna get outplayed.
2: So Yeah, because Wisconsin's going to still be more fundamentally sound. Sure, That's the next step for the Notre Dame offensive line. And, and you know, let's kind of just use that to train. I mean, so we, we kind of do it, you know, who has the advantage? There's no question who has okay. the advantage here from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, but at the end of the day, recruiting is – it's 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 a fun discussion. I think it shows that Notre Dame has, you know, I, I would say more talent. But I also think it goes to show that we shouldn't always get so obsessed with star rankings because there are some good football players good football players over there with for Wisconsin. It just, but it, look, this is going to tell a story. The NFL draft is going to tell a story. I, I I'd be willing to bet you there's going to be several more players drafted from the lineup on the, you know, to the left of your screen than the lineup to the right of your screen yeah. over the next few years. So, but it, you know, that kind of transitions Vince into the next part of our matchup, which is the matchup of, of Notre Dame rushing offense against the Wisconsin rushing defense. And this is a, This, this one is where what you were just getting ready to dive into is going to show itself more than any any other, any other area.
1: Well, and again, Notre Dame's scheme for running the ball is not complicated at all. It is, it's a scheme where you need effort and you need fun to be fundamentally sound that, that, that's really all there is to it. Now I say that's all there is to it, but Notre Dame can't do it all the time. So So there's obviously more to it for them. Um, But when I watched Wisconsin play and I saw the manner in which their front seven played against Penn State, they brought four and five guys a lot. And they brought that fifth guy from a a, a myriad of places. Mm -hmm. And there were many times where that guy came loose. And that was against Penn State's offensive line. And that scares me. Which is a very veteran
2: group. Right.
1: That scares me about Notre Dame's front. And if they're going to be able to pick up some of that. Uh, There was a lot of delayed blitzes. There was a lot of where the 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 end would occupy the tackle and then the outside linebacker would come around the outside untouched and, and for a sack. Um
2: so then, and they're one
1: of the better run stunning run blitzing teams in the country. Yes, and it's very clear. And, I mean and, and they hide it yeah. very well too. I mean, they're they're just really, really good at it. Now, what? Yeah, what we're talking about is it's it's
2: some people call them stunts. I call them blitzes because you know I don't think blitzes are just for passing downs. Sure. Uh, because you don't always know if they are going to run or run or pass on on most first and second down plays. Uh, a run blitz or a run stunt is essentially it's their opportunity to say, okay, we're going to attack your gaps and make sure that we can get uh, gap integrity or or even a, again they want to get penetration in a lot of instances with bringing different guys being a 3-4 team in Wisconsin is a 3-4 team and they are a traditional 3-4 team and at least in the front three events and that they got big boys that are going to eat up blocks and then that allows their linebackers to play downhill and play fast and so that's certainly something that we're going to see their defensive line their starting defensive line uh, Matt Henderson and is 291 pounds Isaiah Mullins is 297 those are their defensive ends Their nose tackle Keanu Benton is 317 pounds. Their second string offensive line, their quote-unquote small guy is Rodis Johnson, who's from Michigan. That is a name a lot of people that follow Notre Dame recruiting are going to remember. Notre Dame did look at him. There was a time when it looked like Notre Dame was going to get him, but they went in a different direction uh, and, and brought in some different players and ended up getting better players, in my opinion. Uh, he's 286. He's their small guy in their rotation. They also uh-huh. have Bryson Williams, who's 291, and James Thompson, who's 6'5", 290. So they're very big up front, and their goal is to be physical, is to come off and hit you right in the mouth, yep. try to reset the line of scrimmage in their favor, and then they're going to bring their 3-4 linebackers from all over the place. As you mentioned, Vince, sometimes it's going to be the two outside guys will just kind of crash, and so the defensive ends will sort of slant inside then they then you know occupy the B gaps and then those outside guys will will come off the edge. The nose tackle tries to occupy the a gaps and then that allows the linebackers to go free. Other times they will drop one of the the edge players or they'll just have those edge players sort of you know set the edge so stay outside if they need to drop for pass if there's a pass drop they'll drop but they're just kind of setting inside then the ends are physical at the point of attack and then the linebackers are crashing. Yeah. Or maybe just have one linebacker crash. They will also slant, so they'll kind of slant one way and bring the linebackers another way. It's very creative, and it's creative in a very sound manner. That's the thing that I like about it is they're not a team that they're exposed to big plays because you know they're bringing so many guys. It's a really sound, sound, aggressive defense. And and they have, I mean, even their linebackers are big Vents. I mean, yeah. Leo Chanel's their inside linebacker. He's two sixty one. Jack Sanborn's two thirty six. Noah Burks, who's an, is sort of their, you know, he's kind of more of their field outside guy, and he's sort of their, you know, he'd kind of play almost the role of like a big end in their in the traditional four down uh is 245 and then nate Nate herbig is is sort of their version of a viper i guess if i'm trying to try to make you you know boundary kind of guy he's 227 a little bit more athletic ranger guy but they are their whole thing is geared towards stopping the run and they've been really good at so far
1: what what i noticed when i was watching film is they may leave some holes in the passing game when they're bringing their front seven and doing different things with the front seven but they leave no holes in the run game. And since we're talking about the run game, that's what I want to focus on. They're very fundamentally sound as far as plugging every gap um, and doing it from different directions and doing it from different angles and, and changing the eye level of the quarterback and the offensive line and things of that nature. They're very good at that. Uh, I, again, I think there's ways that you can exploit them in the pass game, but we're not there yet. The run game is going to be very difficult because of the way that they stunt and they move and they fill every single gap. And they don't, at least I didn't notice it in in what I was watching, they don't uh, give up the edge very often. They are very good in contain- they're they're very good at setting the edge. Whatever terminology you want to use, they're pretty darn good. They want to funnel everything back inside. Yes, absolutely, right, absolutely. And and you can see it in the numbers
2: of their of their uh, look in 2019, for example, the last time they had a full season. You you had an outside linebacker and an inside line. Outside linebacker led their team with 19 and a half tackles for losses. That was Zach Bond. He played a lot of physical football. And and was a really good player. But then Chris Orr was an inside linebacker. He had 14 uh, tackles for loss. And then Jack Sanborn, who at the time I believe was a sophomore, had nine tackles for loss. He had 23 tackles for loss from our inside linebackers. 2018, their two, leading in, their two leading tackle for loss guys were their two inside linebackers, so 11 and a half and 10 tackles for loss. Now, these aren't super, super athletic guys. They're good football players. Don't sure, get me wrong. But they plug. You know, yeah, the year before that. I mean, all four of their starting linebackers in 2017, it, their two outsides and their two insides were double-digit tackles for loss. The point being is that their linebackers are going to be making a lot of plays. Is it, The defense is designed for their linebackers to make a lot of plays. I'm trying to go back through this, fence. I can't find the last time a Wisconsin had a, defensive, a pure defensive lineman in double digits 2014 was the same thing although it was a different coordinator back then yet all four linebackers were double digit tackles for loss i can't in the brian kelly era wisconsin has not had a defensive lineman get oh last defensive lineman here you go last defensive lineman exactly at wisconsin to have
1: double digit tackles for loss what Watt? Watt. yeah i was gonna say that was just a guess off the top of my head but he's yeah. pretty darn good now again um,
2: one of their that there are three four, so you know you could say, hey, look, you know like Zach Bond was kind of a defensive. I'm talking about the three big boys that they have up front. They are the space eaters. it's the and it's meant to let those linebackers right. run free.
1: That's the point. Now I will let me flip this on its head a little bit where Notre Dame can be successful in their run game is if they can get outside. Because their linebackers aren't great sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. They're they're great. They're they Bo Bauer, right? They I mean Bo Bauer is actually more athletic than I give him credit for sometimes. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is they got a couple, you know, some middle linebackers. They're good they're at the thumpers. triangle, right? They're exactly they're yeah. thumpers. They're not they're not great getting outside. So if Notre Dame can get outside, whether they do it with the running backs, whether they do it with the quick pass game, whatever the case may be, because that's an extension of your run game, right? If they can get outside the tackles, they can have some success. I really do believe that uh, because I like Notre Dame's guys in space, and that includes the running backs more so than I like the linebackers covering them out in space. Yeah, I think the more you can spread them out, the 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 more creases that you can create, and
2: that's right. the big thing. And here here's right. here's where the 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 decisions that Notre Dame has to make this week. Decision number one is okay. Uh, how can we utilize our run game to to pr- to protect um, our pass game, right? Uh, then how can we utilize our pass game to create opportunities in our run game? They're going to have to use the pass to set up the run in this game. Now, what is that? That's that's to me decision number one. Or you know, part of decision number one is hey, we're just going to go big and we're going to try to we're going to try to create enough spaces. Uh, and you know, try to create enough gaps to where hopefully we can uh, you know get a body on a body, and our running backs can take over. Which I think is there's some truth to. When you go back, uh, when when you go back and look at some of the games where where teams have had some success running the football on them, you know, one of the games I was watching earlier today, Vince, uh, was the 2019 Big Ten Championship game. Now that was a game that that Wisconsin actually <clears throat> had a lead at halftime on Ohio State. Right. And then Ohio State was kind of come was able to come out in the second half and 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 get the run game going. What they were able to do was they were able to effectively get to the second level and 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 win some edge blocks. Now I think Notre Dame has the tackles than the run game to win some edge blocks. That's actually some of the, the strengths that we have been seeing so far uh, from this group. And it is you know I think their tackles is when when they've had sort of the bright spots in the run game the issue has been getting to the second level. Well, we just got done telling you that the linebackers at Wisconsin are, are the ones capable uh, – are, are the ones they're going to utilize to really attack the run game. So Notre Dame's going to have to really be on their P's and Q's. And I think one of the things that would be effective in what Ohio State did is when Ohio State had success, they were able to kick out the edge and then seal everyone else inside and then run like counters and then inside zones where they could kind of just down block, kick out, and then just get up get up in there. I think Notre Dame's going to have to have some wrinkles to the run game where they're creating at lanes as opposed to just the zones because the reality is, is I don't think, and, and I hope to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. I don't think Notre Dame can just line up and push Wisconsin around and, and run their zones. Last year's offensive line could have. yeah. This year's can't. Right. which means you have to then have some creativity in your run game where you're creating running lanes with, you know, quick traps and pulls and maybe a buck sweep because you had mentioned wanting to run outside. So, you know, if your tight ends aren't doing a great job blocking right now, then, you know, the you know, zone and base blocks, and maybe you can use them to kind of seal down, you know, and then allow, that allows you to get outside, you know, have them come from outside and, and crack down. Maybe you use Kevin Austin's size this week, to have him crack down on linebackers. I think there need to be some things like even the quick pitch that Notre Dame had against, against uh, Purdue on Saturday, you know, first one worked, you know, got six or seven yards, but they're not doing anything Vince where they're kind of creating running lanes other than just zone. And I think they're going to have to utilize that to a degree. And, you know, we saw that from Ohio state. We've seen that from some of the few teams that have had success running the ball against them. You know, Ohio State in 2019 ran for 172 yards on them in the championship game, but they ran for 264 yards on them in the first game that they played. And if you look at Wisconsin that year, is a strange year. They only gave up over 100 yards rushing four times all year. But when teams went over, they were big. You know, Ohio State went for 264 and 172, and then Nebraska went for 273. So it's about creating creases and mm-hmm. Notre Dame's going to have to adapt to do that. If they just try to go big on big, then I don't think that – that plays right into Wisconsin's hands. If Notre Dame's going to put Joe Walt in the game and go 12-13 personnel, you're, you, Wisconsin's already – like, that's a win for them.
1: That's what they want. They, want, they want Notre want you Dame to, to do. do that. Yeah. Because, they look, they know – and, again, we're going to get to this when we get to the passing uh, side of things. But they they know that Notre Dame's got some dudes out on the outside. And I don't care what anybody says. Notre Dame's dudes are better than the secondary that Wisconsin has. And so they want Notre Dame to run the ball. They they 100% want Notre Dame to run the ball because what do you do? Again, I've said this 100 times. What do you do when you're the, the coordinator? You pick out the weak spot and you go after it. Well, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to look at Notre Dame's offense and realize the weak spot is the offensive line. So you're going to add a couple guys to that offensive line and, and you know, in the form of tight ends and you think that that's going to stop our, our run defense. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go. Like, that's what we want you to do. So I feel like Notre Dame we, would be playing right into their hands if, if they go that route. And I would be very disappointed uh, if that was the case. Now, if they think that, you know, they, they want to pick up a yard or two and, and it's, you know, Brian Kelly talked about those times where everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the ball and you run the ball and you still get what you need to get. Okay you know if you're confident okay but that cannot be the basis for what you want to do to beat this Wisconsin team it yeah. can't
2: be they have to be able to find a way to run the the ball but they're going to have Agreed. to do it with more athletes on the field
1: Yes. Well, like um, that one, um, that that little pitch thing that that Tyler Buckner did, that was designed to get the ball outside. Now, right. he could have kept it and he could have run depending on what the defensive end did. But that's just an example. It's a of, replay. Yes, correct. It, it was a, an example of a way to get the ball outside quicker. Um, and, and so it, it's clear Tommy Reese is thinking about this stuff, which is good. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just see what this looks like on Saturday, though. Sorry, Vince, can you, I got, I got locked up. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, no, I got you. I didn't hear the last part of what you said. I apologize.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I just said that. that. It's on my end. It froze up. Gotcha. I was just saying that it's clear. Tommy Reese is thinking about getting the ball to the outside and ways to get his guys outside faster. And I'm interested to see what that looks like on Saturday.
2: Yeah, they're going to have to have some more wrinkles in this game. Vince. Yes, there, There's no absolutely. question about it. And, and and those wrinkles need to be geared towards attacking outside. And here, here's why I say you have – Notre Dame's going to kind of have to go outside of, of who they've been for a long time this whole year. And this is a game where it is even more important. What I mean by that is Notre Dame has always kind of been an, an inside-out team. It's we're going to start off, we're going to run the ball, we're going to inside zone, and we're going to do this, and then we'll kind of work on building outside. That's not who this team is. Nope. You don't have a line for it. Uh, and, I mean, you just don't have a line for it. <laughs> I mean, there's and no way. The sentence ends there. you got there, the yeah. backs and all, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. have a line for it. Right now. Okay. Now, if sure. that changes and the line starts playing great, fine. But I don't see them going from what they've been the last three weeks all of a sudden looking like, you know, vintage Notre Dame offensive line. So, you have to prepare for that. You can't keep pounding your head saying, this is the week they finally don't stink. You know, you have to say, look, here's who we are. So, let's put these kids in position to be successful. And, and what you need to do is you need to get what you need to get Wisconsin. Normally, I'm against the, having teams go left, right. When you're playing a team where you clearly have a speed advantage, you need to utilize that. And the reason I say that is, is your perimeter screens, which are going to require you to be very physical blocking. You're going to have to use those. You're going to have to you know put some buck sweeps in there. You're going to have to utilize, you know, pin and pull stuff. That's what a buck sweep is. You know, a lineman blocks down the guy that he's on pulls and wraps around gets outside you're gonna have to use jet sweeps this week and and that and again now that means your tight ends and your receivers are gonna have to block their butts off this week they're gonna have to be on their game and if they can do that that's where Notre Dame can get some advantages you know try to find ways to get Brayden Lindsay outside try to find ways to get Chris Tyree and and Kyron Williams on the field together use Chris Tyree on some of those jet sweeps because if you're able to hit one or two you know maybe use him on a reverse if you're able to get their eyes of the Wisconsin linebackers going like this, and if you can, and you say, "Hey, look, we can keep crashing our inside linebackers," but Notre Dame's just running outside of us all day. Now, all of a sudden, their linebackers can't crash as hard, Vince. Now that's where you have your advantage of saying, "Hey, okay, now we can find a crease. We've hit them outside enough with our pass game, with our perimeter screens, with our with our outside running plays, our outside zone." Not stretch because stretch ain't working because they're not physical in them. I'm talking pure, right. like get a really good outside zone. They're the same play. Stretch for me is just so people understand outside zone and stretch are the same play. For me, it's different because one is sort of a lateral where the guy's trying to get outside. The other one is kind of like a pistol eye thing where you're actually getting more downhill. Same blocking scheme, it's just the running back's angle of, of attack is different. So that's why I call them two different plays. And so it's but I'm talking about pure outside zone where you're really trying to get a lateral stretch. You know, you're fast swiping that sucker, really getting outside. That's where you can create some advantages. And if then if you're able to get them thinking that, now all of a sudden you hit them with a quick inside zone, that inside zone becomes more effective. So you're you're basically reverse engineering your run game, essentially, mm-hmm. is something that I think Notre Dame is gonna have to do. Now, if they don't do that, and it's just gonna come down to, well, we're just gonna have to play better this week they're going to struggle on offense. They're going to have to say, look, here's the strength of our team. It's not those guys up front. It's yeah. not, but what do those guys do? Well, okay. Let's give them some things where they we're not asking them to go be last year's unit. Let's, let's ask them, Hey, we're going to do some different things. And that's where I think Tommy Reese is really going to make or break. Um, you know, his, his, this season is, is how creative can he get? And then can Jeff Quinn get those guys to go out there and execute it? That, and, and then Dell Alexander's going to have to get his boys to block. And I'll say, you know, I've been very critical of Dell Alexander in a lot of ways. One thing I think his units have always been pretty good at since he got here, they yep. block well. I agree. And they give that. effort in the run game. That's going to have to be at its pinnacle this week against the screens and the perimeter runs. If they can block their butts off outside, Notre Dame's going to have a chance to gash Wisconsin because that's the key, Vince. You're not going to go 10 plays every time you play Wisconsin. You've got to get the chunk plays, run game and pass game. You yeah. need chunk plays against this team.
1: Yes, and no question about it. And and I think you're going to get them on the outside. I, don't, I, just, I have a hard time seeing them get those chunk plays on the inside. I really do. Now, if you're gashing them on the outside, now you can go back. Just like what you talked about, that reverse engineering, they used to be inside to outside. Now they're mm-hmm. – if you can start getting them outside with some screens and some sweeps and some things of that nature, maybe jet sweep, things like that. Well, now they've got to spread out. They have to respect that. They're going to have to add some people out there. Now you come back inside and you do your thing. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, then the game is headed in Notre Dame's direction anyway.
2: I, I want to address something else too, Vince, is, is I'm seeing a lot of these comments like from Brennan McCarthy, Buckner will keep Wisconsin on their heels, start Cone, play tempo, insert Buckner for some RPOs, get some play action going at the Cone, set up the run, uh, some good stuff there, Backdraft says Buckner has to be a big part of the, of this game. Listen, we kind of saw this last week. You know, Tyler Buckner needed to make a guy miss to rip off a twenty-yard gain. The rest of the stuff when he was in the game wasn't really effective, because they had film on him. Purdue had film on him, right? Tyler Buckner is is not the answer in regards to play him more. That's not the answer. The answer is going to have to be about the other skill guys. Now, am I saying that as long as Tyler Buckner's healthy, that that he shouldn't be part of the game plan? I'm not saying that at all. But but the reality is, is this is a really well-coached team that will have a Tyler Buckner plan that is gonna require more than just running a couple RPOs and read zones. They've seen this that before. They play teams in the Big Ten that do that. And, and so at the end of the day, you're gonna have to throw the football to set up the run. And we'll get into that matchup in a second. But there's this thought that because it worked against Toledo, now all of a sudden that's the game plan for Notre Dame. No, it's still gonna come down to a creative game plan that is executed well on the perimeter and along the trenches. And I don't care who the quarterback is. Right. Just inserting Tyler Buckner into the mix isn't I mean, look at like I said, look at the success that they had this week when Tyler Buckner's in the game against against Wisconsin or against Purdue. He needed to make a great run to get that 20 yard gain. That's where his value comes because Tyler's always capable of that big sure. play. But the, the more you play him, the more Wisconsin will have a book on him and play him. So not that Tyler Buckner, if healthy, shouldn't be a big part of the game plan from a big play standpoint. But from a volume standpoint, I don't think he's the answer that, that, that Notre Dame fans think that, that he is. At the end of the day, this still is going to come down to, to your design and your execution up front. That that's that's what this is going to come down to. I don't care who the quarterback is.
1: Well, you know, just to touch on the Tyler Buckner thing, I mean, everybody does remember that he went out with a hamstring. That's what worries me, is because hamstrings linger. That's all I'm saying. Look at Braden Lindsay, right? It was hamstrings, right? It, it was, right? it was those were issues. So. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see Notre Dame rush him back in. They won't And injure him yeah. longer they on in the season. That that's that's just my yeah, my they two cents to the Because whole if thing. he's
2: not healthy, they won't play him because it takes right. away from what makes him effective. Exactly. At and this okay. point, at, at this point, know, point that's right. exactly right. So, now again, I want people to understand I am not anti Tyler Buckner. Me neither. I think Tyler Buckner is a phenomenal player. We have been we have been calling for a Tyler Buckner package all summer. Yes sir. It's just, uh, again, because it worked against Toledo, there's this notion that that's what it's always going to look like. No, it's not always going to look like that. And and especially since, like you said, Vince, he did injure himself, how much are you going to be able to practice that this week? Right. But if he is healthy, again, and right now we're just going to work with the assumption he can play. Oh, yeah. I think that you have to be smart about how you use him. And it, and it can and and upping the volume of how he's in the game isn't the way to go. Somebody had made a point um uh William Perry said uh they by the great name by the way. Uh the we'll just call <laughs> you the fridge. They need to have Tyler Buckner make some throws, simple throws, but I believe he can catch them off guard. I I, I I'm curious as to kind of um uh I'm curious to kind of see if he's able to go I would like to see them take a shot early with him. Sure, uh, that is going to be a big thing for me. But I think anyway, that's the next at, step.
1: I think that's the next step yeah. of his
2: like package adding. Right. But at right? the end Absolutely. of the day, this is going to come down to Tommy Reese coming up with a really good scheme that take that gets Wisconsin off their game formationally, shift wise, tempo. I'd love to see some tempo. I would
1: love that too. Attack
2: the perimeter, work outside in, kind of flip things up a little bit. Work outside in because Wisconsin is not prepared for Notre Dame to work outside in. They think their Notre Dame is going to do what they do because that's what Notre Dame's done so far. Yeah, you know those are the things, and then of course the line will have to execute whatever that is. That ultimately is going to be the key. Now, if if that happens, then Tyler Buckner will be successful. But just like putting this all on Tyler Buckner's shoulders, he's like this. You know the second coming of John Elway. Well, John Elway got his brain beat in for several years with the Denver Broncos because his offensive <laughs> line stunk. Right, uh, John Elway didn't win a whole ton- lot of games at Stanford. You still need to have those dudes around you, and whether it's Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine or Jack Cohn or Brendan Clark or whoever else, it's going to be it's going to be about the scheme and, the, and what they do up front. That's going to mm-hmm. be the key, and, and if they can do the, if they can execute up front, be physical, execute and then have a great plan, then Notre Dame will have enough success. And they don't have to run for 250 yards in this game. They just have to run, in my opinion, Vince, for enough yards to keep them honest to create some opportunities in the pass game. Because this, to me, ultimately, is where this game is going to be decided.
1: No, there's no question. I, I love the matchup between Notre Dame's pass catchers and and Wisconsin's, uh, you know, pass defenders. Now, the-, the-, the key here is giving Jack Cohn some time. If they can give, I mean, and and we've said this for the last three weeks, I get that. But we've seen what Jack Cohn can do when he gets time. We saw the second half Jack Cohn against Purdue. We saw, you know, what happens when he can climb the pocket and do some things. That's what needs to happen. Now, I'm not saying that the offensive line is going to give him a perfect pocket every single time. But you have to to keep Wisconsin out of your backfield. You have to. Uh, You have to be able to throw when you want to, not when you have to. Now I do think the pass game is going to be an extension of the run game this week. I really just because we talked about some of that exterior stuff, um, I, I do think the pass game is going to open up the run game, is going to help it out a little bit. But you got to take your shots well, downfield you too. Act, you mean to say the opposite, correct, Vince? The run game is going to be an extension of the pass game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. that that you're throwing it outside, which is essentially a run. Right. It's, you're it's
2: you're using outside. your you're using your pass <laughs> game to create opportunities yes. in the run game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little bit reversed of a lot reversed of what Notre Dame's been for a oh, long absolutely. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's necessary. And, and, and you know, because look, that's where your weapons are. I, I also, I also am coming to one thing in this game is you look at matchups. I'm giving Kevin Austin two or three shots in the first half. You've got to get his confidence back after last week. Sure. And, and and that's going to be a big thing for me. Now, here's something I I'd, I'd be curious to see this week is I want to see a little bit more creativity from a formational standpoint. I think Notre Dame's got plenty of creative schemes. And it, but now this week is is you need to do those things out of some different looks. And that's something I'm going to be curious to see. You know, maybe put trips into the boundary a couple of times. See how Wisconsin lines up. Can you get them with emotion out of that look? Can you can you, you know, is there safety cheat over? If you have trips into the boundary with Michael Mayer and Brayden Lindsay, do they overreact to that thinking that maybe there's a screen coming and then that gives you a little bit more room to work a one-on-one to the field They're going to have to sort of probe Wisconsin a little bit early formationally. I hope Notre Dame comes out and does a lot of different things from a, a formational standpoint, just to see how Wisconsin reacts to it. Yeah. A- and then say, okay, here's, here's how we know we can get these isolations and then you go after them, but they're going to have to move the receivers around a little bit this week after last week. Purdue knew where Kevin Austin was going to be every time the ball snapped. And they could have a Kevin Austin plan. You know, we're going to be physical with him, whatever. Okay, put him in the slot. Stack right. him behind the tight end. You know, put Michael Mayer into the boundary. Stack him behind, you know, Kevin Austin behind Michael Mayer. I want to see some – look, Tommy Reese is a real creative offensive coach from a scheme standpoint. My problem with Notre Dame, and it's been this way, Vince, for years, is they are far too scheme-oriented. This is still – that was Charlie Weiss' problem, right? After the 05 and team, basically all the guys that were part of that left, and those guys were all taught how to play football by the previous staff. And as far as bad as Ty Willingham was in a lot of ways, his staff taught the fundamentals pretty well. They lacked any creativity and scheme. Well, then Charlie comes in with a group that had already been taught fundamentals, and then he brought great scheme, and we saw what happened. But once all those guys were gone and it came down to it was Charlie's staff that had taught the fundamentals – they couldn't. They they were a mistake prone team for three years. This has always been Brian Kelly's problem, in my opinion, since he gets since, since he's been here, is it's way too scheme driven, and and that's fine. I love scheme. You need great scheme, sure, but sure. you also need to make sure your kids know how to how to play it right. But at the other the other point of it too is sometimes your scheme has to be be you you need to be creative with your scheme before the ball is even snapped. And that's where we we haven't seen enough. Like to me, like when they're bunched, you know what's coming pretty much. The, these are the pass routes they run out of that. You know, maybe run some bunch and then attack with some vertical stuff, you know, instead of just always running, you know, the, the crossers, you know, do, do some different things this week formationally that are gonna that's gonna keep Wisconsin off balance. Cause if you can get off Wisconsin off balance early, that's where they're gonna have success fence. That's where they're gonna have an opportunity to really move the ball, really have some success because. When Notre Dame's pass game is clicking, it's really good and it's dangerous. Yeah, and Wisconsin is a really well-coached secondary. It's a very, it's a very experienced secondary. It's not a super athletic secondary, right. and Notre Dame can have some success. It's a lot like Purdue's experienced, not super talented. And if Notre Dame can can win some of those matchups on the perimeter, protect the quarterback. Give him time. Move the pocket. That's another one. They got to move the pocket. They just can't have the quarterback. If if Look, your pocket's rarely clean. So if the other team always knows you're going to be in the the pocket, they have a plan for it. Move the pocket. Boot it. You know, roll out. Do something to kind of throw off that, you know, run some more early screens. And it can't just always be running back screens because, hey – Newsflash: Your running backs are really good, and every team you play knows it. They're keen on those guys, right? You know, so maybe, maybe you do a free release where you send Kyron Williams just screaming out of the backfield, and he just goes right up the seam. You take that linebacker with him, and then you run a little tunnel right underneath to Braden Lindsey, something like that. You know, you've got to have some creativity. Know who they who they're trying to stop, and then use that to your advantage. That's something we need to see more of from Tommy Reese because this part of the game right here has to be where Notre Dame has
1: success. Has to be. It's an absolute must. And and you I mean kind of building off of what you just said, I mean they Notre Dame has the advantage here, so they need to take advantage of that advan- advantage of that advantage. Does that mean? Oh, okay. Um but no, I want to see I want to see more stuff across like you had mentioned because Notre Dame's guys are faster than Wisconsin guys. And so if they're going to go man to man, like we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of man to man because teams are coming after the quarterback. If we see that against Wisconsin, let's get let's let's get a foot race going. You know, mm. let's have those guys follow Notre Dame's guys across the field. And if they're going to pass off, let them pass off because they're starting from a stop position to a full speed Notre Dame, you know, skill position, uh, you know, running. I just don't see how Notre Dame doesn't have the advantage there. If you can get Notre Dame's receivers and skill players on the move, I think that you're going to see all kinds of wide open opportunities in the past game. And I think Jack Cohn is good enough to find the guys that he needs to find if he's given enough time to do so. The other thing is, and you mentioned this in the post-game show, they need to have an outlet. They need to have, uh, you know, when when Jack Cohn's getting rushed so he can get rid of the ball, you know, they they need to have that. That needs to be built into the scheme because we haven't seen that enough. We've seen Mm -hmm. vertical stuff where he can't get rid of the ball there's nowhere to get rid of it too um i i I need to see more hot routes you know things of that nature so that jack cone can get rid of the ball because if he does and wisconsin's bringing heat well a lot of times that heat is coming from the linebacker level Mm -hmm. and if you got a hot route right there and he can just dunk it off i like notre dame's chances with their guys in space so it can be beneficial to them too
2: I would like to see them. I would love to see Tom Reese dig into the time machine a little bit. I've always found, you know, I would always go back two, three years when I was breaking down a really good team and try to find somebody that had some success against them, assuming some of the personnel was similar and the philosophy was similar. And Purdue's had some really good success throwing the football against Wisconsin. And they've had success moving the ball and scoring on Wisconsin in recent years. If you go back to 2018, Wisconsin beat Purdue 47 to 44. Wisconsin, Purdue threw for 386 yards in that game, four touchdowns. You know, a year later, uh, Purdue went out and had 326 yards passing and three touchdowns in a game where they lost 45-24, but the offense for Purdue moved the ball. The Notre Dame offense defense isn't giving up 45 points to Wisconsin. They have a way better defense exactly. than what they
1: had. Absolutely.
2: So, you know, you look at that. They've been prone to getting ripped up with the pass game. I mean, they gave up 407 passing yards in 2018 to Nebraska uh nebraska the next year you know they shut nebraska down kept their points down well then you know that that's kind of been a one of those matchups say hey look why are some of these teams having some success on the football what are things that they're doing the thing that they're doing is they're getting wisconsin's secondary in chase mode that's the difference they're saying your guys can't run with my guys and you can't always just have them in chase mode vertically Because there's ways around that. You have to have them vertically. You have to do it. You have to do the horizontal stretch with your four verts. I'm all for that stuff. But you have to be able to do flood concepts, which Notre Dame has done. You have to be able to, to utilize ways to create openings in the middle of the field. One thing I haven't seen Notre Dame do a lot yet, which is a scheme that teams like Ohio State, Oklahoma do, which is what I really like, is they use their running backs to just like fly out on quick wheels and see how teams play it and then start bringing guys from the backside to replace that. So what we're seeing now is Notre Dame's had some success throwing the football to the perimeter to their backs, right? Chris, yep. Kyron Williams has made some plays in, in the screen game, so is Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree had two really good gains on swing passes this week, You know where you just kind of jet just like on a quick dart route from your back, and then you run your, court, your tight end on a vertical or a corner or something. And bring Braden Lindsay on to Just outrun that guy, and all of a sudden that linebacker's running with your tight end. Right. The flat defender's running out to the flat, and all of a sudden you've now you've now created an opening over the middle of the field, as opposed to bringing everyone inside when you attack. So when Notre Dame attacks the middle of the field, they kind of bring everybody to the middle. That's been one of the issues. I want to see some things where they where they run their flood concepts, which are really effective this week, and and that's why I'm thinking we may see this. You know, they hit they hit a, a flood concept for a big play against uh, Purdue. They hit a, a, a like a a post co- post out, you know, like a post over top and then an out cut. Now, okay, Purdue's gonna see that. You've been running smash, which is a, a hitch, you know, six yard kind of stop, and guy will do different things, and then a corner route, so about 12 to 15, and then break outside at a 45 degree angle. That's called smash. It's a high low concept on mm-hmm. the perimeter. Well, teams are playing that now, they're trying to get that inside linebacker up underneath that corner route to reroute him, and then the safety plays over top and hoping that the corner can kind of come underneath it because no name's had a lot of success with it. Michael Mayers hit it. They hit it a couple times against Toledo. They hit it, that concept on Saturday. Purdue's going to have a plan, so you need to know that, and what's my counter to it? Well, one thing we would do a lot of times when we were really good at running smash vents or we were really good at running the post—you know, the post corner, the post out and the floods and stuff like that, what we were able to do was we would then bring sail routes or cross routes or drive routes from the backside. So when that team would like utilize their their backers, their inside backers to try to, to take advantage of the backs and the tight ends, then you bring somebody backside on a on a speed route that says, "Hey, now we're you want to clear out and take that?" Then we got something for you coming from the other side. We need to see some stuff like that because sure. Notre Dame has the personnel for it. Absolutely, and I think if they do that kind of stuff. Uh that's where I think Notre Dame is gonna have if they can get in space. When Ohio State has ripped up ripped rip them up, it's been you get them in space. When Purdue has ripped them up, it's getting them in space. Uh that's what Notre Dame needs to figure out a way to do. And if they do, then that's how you're gonna see this team move the ball, come up with the yeah. big place, and that's where the run game comes in. Because if they start getting that stuff going on the perimeter.
1: Then now got Purdue to has to.
2: Yeah, they've got to go nickel. Wisconsin, they've got to yeah. get one of their big. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said. Did I say Purdue? Yeah, it's okay. They have to get one of those big boys out. Now all of a sudden, the right. the field wides, Now you've got that chance to maybe hit Kyron Williams on a quick draw or a t- quick trap, which people have been talking about, or just the inside zone where there's one less guy to 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 account for Kyron Williams or Chris Tyree. And That's where your big plays can come from in the run game. So that's what we've said. You've got to re- reverse engineer your offense essentially this week, yeah. and you got to start outside, start you know start deep, work your way back, you know outside towards the inside. Do some of those different things. Be prepared for them to ha- self scout yourself. Here's what we've been really good with. Yeah. So now we know Purdue or Wisconsin is going to be prepared to stop that. What can we do to take it? And that's what great coaches do. And you know we saw a little bit of that on Saturday against Purdue. We talked about this on the Avery Davis touchdown route. Notre Dame's been having some success with their smash concepts. Purdue was playing the smash. They'd already hit it twice. They'd already hit an out cut twice. So they leaned Avery outside. That guy bit hard, and then he beat him back to the post. Bam, 62-yard touchdown. That's the kind of creativity, the kind of using what they're going to do to stop your best stuff against them to start creating up our, our, another opportunity. If We see more of that from Timer East this week.
1: Their name's gonna, I think, gonna have some success, assuming they can
2: protect the quarterback.
1: Well, I, what I what I will say before we get into the scoring is is I think that's what the identity of this Notre Dame team needs to be. I mean, I, just based on what we've seen in the first three weeks, they're not gonna be the smash mouth run team that they've been the past few years. They they need to work outside in, to and that needs to be their identity, and they can be really good at it. I really right. feel like they could be good at that. If they just embrace it, just embrace that that's who you are. There's nothing wrong with that. You can put a lot of points on the board being that kind of a team. Just embrace it and run with it, literally and figuratively. uh, And I think you could be very successful. And that's what I want to see. So Vince,
2: before we go to scoring real quick, we did have a super chat from Tommy Guns. We did. I just want to draw attention to my Rocco theory. So essentially, I did. So essentially what Tommy is saying, and, and it's not uh, – I don't have it anymore, Vince. I've been bumped. I don't I know if you have, if through, you have it up I'll there. Look. But essentially his Rocco theory is that he doesn't think Rocco Spindler playing because Rocco is playing too aggressively basically. He's not taking coaching. So he's not – what did yeah. he say? He's, not he's doing refusing the, to take
1: coaching the, is, the, is the, what it was. not doing
2: the back pedal, like meaning yeah. he's trying to block the right way and be physical. He's not doing the back pedal. Uh, thing which i thought was very funny tommy so yes uh, re- really really well done, really good, well stuff. done. good stuff good yeah. stuff yeah. appreciate the super chat there buddy uh, <laughs> of course but yeah he, he's too aggressive he's making the other guys look bad
1: yeah we can't <laughs> play him We can't play that guy <laughs> that's great
2: so vince let's go to scoring offense and scoring defense this is um uh, i i would say run game advantage for me is to wisconsin absolutely Pass game advantage to me it's another name assuming they can protect the quarterback. Correct. And then, of course, it all ties into this. And yes. this is going to ultimately, I think, be the thing that determines the game is Notre Dame has gone fewer and fewer points each mm-hmm. of the last three games. That has to that has to somewhat rectify itself. You don't need to score I, 40 points to beat
1: Wisconsin, but you I have don't even, to be. Go ahead. I was just I don't even know if they need to score 30, to be honest with you, I. I would be happy if they scored 30. Don't get me wrong. I'm not concerned
2: about the points per game. I'm more concerned about the things underneath it.
1: Okay, fair enough. I'm
2: more concerned about the yards per play, the red zone offense, the third down offense, and then turnovers because you don't need to score 40. I do think you – you know, look, whether you get to 30 or 40 or not, the key for me is you've got to score early because okay. Brian Kelly made one, you know, again I, I you know how much I've talked about how little I listen to what Brian Kelly says in press conferences, but he did say one thing yesterday that I thought was a really smart observation that I hope the team is taking to heart, and that was he kind of compared Wisconsin to Navy. Yeah, and he was not doing that from a um you know, they run the triple option and that kind of thing, but he was doing that from the standpoint of Uh, they control the clock time of possession and they're going to try to limit possessions for you in games. Yeah. And to me, that was a, to me, that was a really smart observation because like that is, that is true. They're going to control the clock and they're, you know, keep the defense off the field. So when you have the ball, you have to take full advantage of those opportunities. Right. And, and and to me, that's, that's one of those things that makes Wisconsin a, a really tricky team to defend because you have to be make sure that you can you can limit those opportunities. So I, I'll just give you an example. So if you look at Notre Dame's 2019 defense, they gave, they ran Notre Dame's defense uh, opponents ran 881 plays in in 2019 against Notre Dame uh, 891 plays in 13 games. For Wisconsin in 14 games, opponents ran 839 plays. So that's what 42 fewer plays and one less get in one more game. Yeah, they're limiting possessions, they're going to try to control the clock. So you have to take advantage, which means you got to be great on third down, right? You cannot turnovers are are especially critical against this football team. Uh, you have to get six when you get inside the red zone. And we talked about in one of our Paul and Mm -hmm. further review shows Notre Dame is crossing midfield and coming with points. You can't afford to do that against. Wisconsin. When you get across midfield, you got to get points. And and I hope that Notre Dame doesn't get into the 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 let's play field position battle because now you're playing into their hands. I'm not saying going for it on your own 45, but be aggressive when you get across midfield. You know, take your shots, try to get points, try to get scores. Because if you can move the ball on them, if you can be good in the red zone, if you can be good on third down, And protect the football. I do think Notre Dame can get the points they need to do to win this game, in in my opinion. And that's going to be that's going to be the key
1: for me. Well, and a big thing is when they get in the red zone, they got to score touchdowns. And they get, I I believe, last week they got into the red zone twice. They had two field goals. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that that's going to work this week, Um, because Brian Kelly also said, you know, touchdowns are at a premium. Yeah, you're right, and you need to score them. Um, when you get the opportunity, you need to put it into the end zone. You can't kick it between the uprights. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I don't I, I like Jonathan Door, but I don't want to put the game on his shoulders just yet. I'm not ready for that. Um, I mean, he, he he kicked the game winner against Toledo, great, but that one that he had against Purdue that he missed was really 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 bad. Um, mm-hmm. So for whatever, for whatever reason now I and but besides that, just from a scoring standpoint obviously you want to be in the end zone more you can't settle for field goals when you get into mm-hmm. the red zone not against this team you can't because you're not going to get that many opportunities in, in my opinion so um I, I know that notre dame has the opportunity to hit some big plays and that's great uh but if you get into the red zone you have to convert it to
2: touchdowns right. and they've got to be better on third down and look i i think there's this notion that like you know notre Dame's is going to shut purdue down or wisconsin down and I mean, yeah, maybe, but but the defense played great against Purdue, but it it still has a lot to prove to me, and I don't think Notre Dame can be in a position where they're just going to assume they're going to hold Purdue to 13 points. Uh, I mean, if you go back and look at 2019, the last time Purdue played a full season, Vince, they played 14 games that year. In nine of those 14 games, they scored at least 27 points.
1: Yeah, you
2: know they scored 49 that year, 61, 35 in a win over Michigan, 48, 38. 37, 45, 38 on a road game at a top-10 Minnesota team, and then they scored 27 in the Rose Bowl against against Oregon. Oregon needed 28 points to beat them that year. Yeah. You know, so so I think they do need to score. I'm not saying they need to score 40, but they do need to score. Sure. I do think you need to try to get into the 30s, and that's the way that you can ensure that you're going to be able to win this game.
1: Yeah. Is if yeah, you can get
2: ensure. your points up that much. If you're just, like, trying to score 17 or 20 – you. you you, you're probably not going to win this game. Well, I
1: agree with that. I, I, I think mid to upper 20s could do it. If you hit the 30s, I think that's a win for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, yeah. I really, I, I feel like if they can hit 30, they win the game.
2: It all comes down to what they do early. If they can jump on Wisconsin early, get—I mean, you've got to get points on your early possessions. Sure. Because that's the way that you can get Wisconsin out of their game. If you can get Wisconsin out of their game, that's where you can have some success. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what what Ohio State's been able to do to them a couple of times is you, you get leads on them and force them to. that. Hey, you want to you want to go on a 15 play drive, and 75 yards and take eight minutes off the clock. That's fine. We're up 17. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. Go, go for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so but the offensively, they have to do their part. They have to help the defense out by not allowing Wisconsin to kind of you know, be as impactful just running the clock out. They've got to jump on them force Wisconsin to maybe be a little bit more aggressive but at the end of the day it's going to come and we'll get into keys keys to the success and, you know the keys to making having success in these areas as we get later into the week but these are the, the this is the part of the game to me that's going to do, offense versus defense this is this is going to determine the game that that's the key for me is is can Notre Dame be aggressive can they be efficient can they Move the chains on third down. Can they get points? Like you said, Vince, can they get points in the cross midfield? Then when you get in the red zone, it's got to be six, right? You got to get six. Right. And then the extra point, obviously. So you got to protect the ball. Those are the things to me. And at the end of the day, it, I think Notre Dame has the talent advantage. I think Wisconsin has the coaching advantage. Can the Notre Dame staff even that up? If they can even that up, and if this is a game where you're like, man, Notre Dame was really prepared for this game schematically, fundamentally, toughness-wise – then I think we're going to see this offense have a good day, but that—that that at the end of the day, you mentioned at the very beginning, that's the concern: is can mm-hmm. they, can they, can they match up from a coaching standpoint? If they can do that, Vince, then I think they're going to have a shot to have some success. So are you are ready to give your advantage here? To yeah, the I mean, to me, you know, to me, I still, it, it I no, I'm not because I just don't <laughs> know if we've seen enough from Wisconsin. Okay, that's that's my problem. You know, Wisconsin's okay. played a Penn State team in the in the opener and they did well there then they played eastern michigan i mean they completely dominated eastern michigan i i, I you know I, I don't know if we've seen enough of them i mean they held they held them to um you know they held eastern michigan to what it was uh seven like seven points and under 100 yards right so I'd, I'd probably lean towards Wisconsin right now simply because of what we mentioned. Uh, you know, physical, the, 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 Notre Dame's inability to run the ball plus not being able to protect the quarterback is why I'd probably lean towards Wisconsin right now if I had to give an edge. But I think Notre Dame has the better players. Sure. Right now I have more confidence in the Wisconsin, Wisconsin coaching staff. If that flips and that advantage is negated on Saturday, then Notre Dame not only wins this matchup, they're going to surprise people.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know that Notre Dame is going to be able to overcome the coaching advantage for Wisconsin, um, and and you know that that will be seen in in scheme and it'll also be seen in toughness uh, from this front. And where I think that I think Wisconsin does have the advantage. That's why I gave them the advantage in the run game. and Notre Dame has the advantage in the pass game, and I just feel like with the big plays that Notre Dame has in their back pocket. Even accidentally, um, I think they're gonna put points on the board. So, from a scoring standpoint, I, I'm I'm gonna favor Notre Dame here, but if that front just makes Jack Cone's life, you know, a living hell, then obviously that's not gonna happen, which is absolutely possible. I could see this game going both ways, I could see it being, you know, Wisconsin's living in Notre Dame's backfield, and, and Jack Cone just can't get anything accomplished. And I could also see it where they get a couple big plays, and then Wisconsin's playing on their heels, and they've got to adjust. And they, you know, Notre Dame just pulls away. I could see it both ways. I really could. Um, But for right now, I think Notre Dame can score enough points to win this game. So I'm going to give the advantage to Notre Dame. But it is a shaky advantage. That's more of a defensive advantage. You're, you're. It sounds to me like you're saying you think the Notre Dame
2: defense can keep Wisconsin down enough where the offense isn't going to get you beat. I, I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm just not as optimistic because again, you're talking about a Notre Dame team that, that has not been good on third down this season. You know, Chad Williams had a point, uh, you know, Notre Dame had a lot more third longs against Purdue than they had the first two games. Yeah. And then Wisconsin has held, you know, they held Penn state to three of 13 on third down and and Eastern Michigan to two of 11, Uh, you know, to me, five of 24. So, there's nothing that I've seen yet that makes me think Notre Dame can do that from a coaching or an execution standpoint. I think where you're leaning towards Notre Dame is the thing that I think we all deep down know. Notre Dame should have the advantage here because they have the better players. Right. Right. But from what we've seen, I just – I can't give Notre Dame the advantage. But I will say this. if That's why I said if Notre Dame can negate the coaching advantage, then they'll not only win, I think they'll win – convincingly sure but until they prove to me that they're going to be able to do that with the, from a coaching standpoint then i just can't give them the advantage so that's that's where i'm at so
1: all right so that is our uh, advantage game for wisconsin defense versus notre dame's offense and our stacking up uh, tuesday edition of the podcast Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, smash the like button. It's smashing the like button, I think. Right? I think that's. What I what think the said. guy
2: said smash the like button. Okay, yeah.
1: that's what we're gonna go with. We're yeah. gonna go smash the like button, uh, and and make sure you hit that notification bell uh, because you, you just never know. You never know when we're gonna be in your lives, uh, and you want to make sure that that happens. So, uh, for Brian, he's down there. I'm Vince. I'm up here, and we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.